Hi. This book was simple. It was nice. It's easy to get through. Let's get into it. He was always telling me about a very important book. Without smug look. I know so well. In a man holding forth. Eyes fixed on the fuzzy far horizon of his own authority. Here. Let me just say that my life is well sprinkled with lovely men. With a long succession of editors who have since I was young, listened to and encouraged and published me. With my infinitely generous younger brother, with splendid friends of whom I would be said like the clerk in the Canterbury Tales, I still remember from Mr. Pillen's class on Chaucer. Gladly would he learn and gladly teach. Still, there were these other men too. So, Mr. Very Important, was going on smugly about this book I should have known when Sally interrupted him to say, that's a book, or tried to interrupt him anyway. But he just continued on his way. She had to say, that's a book, three or four times before he finally took it in, and then as if in a 19th century novel. <laughs> he went ashamed. How did they say that? That I was indeed the author of the very important book it turned out he hadn't read, just read about in the New York Times book review a few months earlier. So confused the neat categories into which his world was sorted that he was stunned speechless for a moment before he began holding forth again. Being women, we were politely out of earshot before we started laughing and we've never really stopped. Okay, so they were at this party and this man was... Um, said so uh, oh uh, i hear i hear you've written a couple of books and she replied several actually then he said telling about this very important book that he read the review on new york times book review but he has not gotten to read and he kept talking and talking about it then a friend was telling the man that's her book he didn't hear till she said it three or four times before the man it clicked in his head that the very book is writing about to this woman it's a book. It was stunned. The title of this book is Men Explain Things to Me. So, prepare yourself. Men Explain Things to Me and Other Women, whether or not they know what they are talking about. Some men. Every woman knows that I'm. Every woman knows what I'm talking about. Oh. Do I experience this? Sometimes. But I usually don't know what. Uh, that's different now when I don't know what is being discussed and somebody explains it to me or I ask questions and the person explains it to me that's not my explaining I'm the one that asks for um, knowledge but do I ever get mansplained to I don't know I'm very I'm quite vocal I can a group I'm quite vocal I'm not shy I used to be shy, but I'm not shy anymore. So, when I'm in a group of people and we're talking about things, I usually contribute. Except, I don't. I've not had any exceptions. Like I'm when I'm with my friends, I contribute. I talk about things. The people just there know that I'm smart, and when I don't know something, I ask questions. That's how it goes. But. I know that mansplainers exists, and they can be quite annoying. Every woman knows what 
I'm talking about is the presumption that makes it hard at times for any woman in any field. Um, that keeps that keeps women from speaking up and from being heard when they dare. That crushes young women into silence by indicating the the way harassment on the streets does that this is not their world. It trains us in self doubt and self limitation, just as it excuses men's unsupported overconfidence. Yeah, that's the effect of mansplaining. They're just confident that they are the only ones that have known that thing, and they don't think you should. You would have known it, like you're not smart. That's what it's usually interprets. I think I must have experienced it before because I'm just there sitting. I know this now. Did I give you enough inclination to to, or when you're explaining something really really basic, and I'm just there like, I wow. <laughs> um. Don't forget. Don't forget that I've had a lot more confirmation of my rights to think and speak than most women, and I've learned that a certain amount of self doubt is a good tool for correcting, understanding, listening, and progressing. Though too much is paralyzing, and total self confidence produces arrogant idiots. There's a happy medium between um these poles to which the genders have been pushed. A warm equatorial belt of give and take where we should all meet. Yeah. She said that well. Um I had a boyfriend whose uncle was a neurophysicist. One Christmas he was telling as though it were a light as as though it were a light and amusing subject how a neighbor's wife in a suburban bomb making community had come running out of her house naked in the middle of the night screaming that her husband was trying to kill her how i asked did you know that he wasn't trying to kill her he explained patiently that they were respectable middle class people therefore her husband trying to kill her was simply not a credible explanation for her fleeing the house yelling that her husband was trying to kill her that she was crazy on the other hand okay even getting a restraining order, a fairly new legal tool, requires acquiring the credibility to convince the courts that some guy is a menace and that getting the cops and then getting the cops to enforce it. Restraining orders often don't work anyway. Violence is one way to silence people, to deny their voice and their credibility, to assert your right to control over their right to exist. Ah. About three women a day are murdered by spouses or ex-spouses in this country that's a violent place it's one of the main causes of death for pregnant women in the united states at the heart of at the the heart of the struggle of feminism to give rape date rape marital rape domestic violence and workplace sexual harassment legal standing as crimes have been the necessity of making women credible and audible. Yeah. They don't think what well, they don't think a lot of women are credible sources of you know. I think I was at nine books at this point. Um This is a story. Like she was on, she was writing her ninth book, 
at this point, including one that drew from primary documents about and about and interviews with a key number of women strike for peace. But explaining mercy, you assume I am okay. Sorry, let me start from here. A few years after the idiot in Aspen, I was in Berlin giving this talk when the Marxist writer Tariq Ali invited me out to a dinner that included a male writer and translator and three women a little younger than me who would remain differential and mostly silent throughout the dinner. Tariq was great. Perhaps the translator was peeved that I insisted on playing a modest role in the conversation. But when I said something about how women strike for peace, the extraordinary little known anti-nuclear and anti-war group founded in 1961 helped bring down the Communist Hunting House Committee on on American Activities, HUAC. Mr. Very Important to snared at me. HUAC, he insisted, didn't exist by the early 19, 1960s. And anyway, no, no woman group played such a role in HUAC's downfall. His con was so withering, his confidence so aggressive, that arguing with him seemed a scary exercise in futility and an invitation to more insults. I think I was at nine books at that point, including one that drew from primary documents about and interviews from a key member of Women's Strike in Peace, but explaining men still assume I am in some sort of obscene impregnation metaphor, an empty vessel to be filled with their wisdom and knowledge. A few down would, would claim to know what they have and I lack, but intelligence is not situated in the crutch. Even if you can write one of Regina Woolf's long mellifluous musical, senten- musical sentences about the subtle subjections, subjugations of women in the snow with your willy. <laughs> That was <laughs> she just bashed the guy. Wow. Wow. She bashed him with class. That was such a classic insult. With comparisons. I met ah, ah. This one is brilliant too. Where do ma? Remind me not to cross you. Um, some okay, hold on, hold on. Mm-mm. Other men, what is this? I'm sorry, I've I lost young women. She said, needed to know that being belittled wasn't the result of their own secret failings. It was the boring old gender wars and it mattered to most of us who were female at some point or other. Yeah. Um women always think it's their fault when people talk over them. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. It does feel bad when people talk over you or they start to explain things to you as if it's written on your face that you are not smart and then you start thinking you're not smart and then your self-confidence takes takes a 
some men explained why why men explaining things to women wasn't really a gendered phenomenon usually women then pointed out that in insisting on their rights to dismiss the experiences women say they have men succeeded in explaining in just the way i said they sometimes do for the record i do believe that women have women have explained things in patronizing ways to men among others but that's not indicative of the massive power differential that takes far more sinister forms as well of the broad pattern of how gender works in our society other men got it and were cool this was after all written in the era when male feminists had become a more meaningful presence and feminism was funnier than ever not everyone knew they were funny however at tom at tom dispatch in 20 2008 i got an email from an older man in indianapolis who wrote who wrote in to tell me that he had never personally or professionally shot 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 changed a woman and went on to berate me for not hanging out with more regular guys or at least do a little homework first he then gave me some advice about how to run my life and commented on my feelings of inferiority. He thought that being patronized was an experience a woman chooses to have or could choose not to have. And so the fault was all mine. Mm. To being patronized. I will stand up to you if you patronize me. Yeah, all these ones where um you come back and complain that May must plain in that place I'll clear you sharp sharp. <laughs> Except like I'm you know, if I'm trying to make a point and the point is important, sometimes the point becomes okay, depending on what I'm saying and what the Holy Spirit says in that moment. Because if the point is less if I'm in a very open place and I have to be a good role model, if at that point what I'm saying becomes less important um to me correcting the disrespect because what you are mirroring to people is quite important so if you mirror that you can tolerate disrespect i don't know who will be looking up to you or to me that they will you know absorb that or i don't know how much of my credibility will be lost but it's less about that and more about not letting people treat you anyhow you don't have to start screaming at them or anything but handle it handle it with dignity handle it well you don't take don't don't take things like that. Or these people just come out of nowhere and talk shit. Handle it. Take charge of that situation. So I feel like life will be better for, for us. But not everybody is as strong. So that's why we still complain. That's why a lot of women still complain. Because the people who can even complain can can handle it. But some people just can't. And they don't even know they're even supposed to handle it again. A website named Academic Men. Um, a website named Academic Men explained things to me, arose, and hundreds of university women. Imagine being in a university, you know, like you're a lecturer, and some random guys come to explain things to you. Like you are not working on the project together. You are not trying to like discover something. Like just randomly come to explain. You discredit the time as if both of us didn't go to school as if we didn't study the same things like you don't don't these people think it's quite disrespectful like 
really disrespectful. Academic men explained things to me, arose, and hundreds of university women shared their stories of being patronized, belittled, talked over, and more. The term mansplaining was coined soon after the piece appeared, and I was sometimes credited for it. In fact, I had nothing to do with its actual creation, though my essay, along with all the men who embodied the idea, apparently inspired it. I have doubts about the word and don't use it myself much. It seems to me to go a little heavy on the idea that men are inherently flawed this way rather than that some men explain things they shouldn't and don't hear things they should hear. Yeah, because everything always comes up as an attack after a while. Like when the idea gets really popular, people people start to infuse a bit of hate into it. And before you know, men will start feeling... um. Mm, like they will either start feeling inferior or they feel like they can't be confident and also spread ideas and we don't want that like we want people to be aware of their mistakes like we don't want to condemn them but get aware of your mistakes and get better and women too get stronger but not that you know one person feels hurt at the end of the day you know we're not trying to hurt other people here we might have been hurt, but that's not who we are trying to be. Um, I like this book. She's making me even like her some more. Because well, let's let's finish the book before we even make any conclusion. Rather than that, some men explain things they shouldn't and don't hear things they should. If it's not clear enough in the piece, I love it when people explain things to me they know. And I'm interested in, but don't yet know. It's when they explain things to me, I know, and they don't, um, and they don't, that the conversation goes wrong. Um, the question here will be, how do you expect people to know what you know? That's not what mansplaining. See, when mansplaining is usually, I would have said something, like I literally would say something. And then you take what I've said and expand it and and explain it to me. Like, (laughs) you don't know how to have proper conversations. You're always in a teaching mood. It's either you want to show me that you actually know what I'm talking about and so that you don't feel some type of way or I don't know. I don't even know what motivates it. Just fix it. It's a conversation flow. It's a communication flow. Um... I don't know. The question will not be, um, how is it political? You know, how is it a gender thing? Because I see it now as a communication flaw. So how is it something that has to be gender? Alas, this was because, excuse me, my throat is really, really dry. Really dry. It was beginning to get painful. Um, I recorded two podcast episodes in a day. So I'm talking for two hours. The only reason why I don't lose a lot of strength is I'm usually sitting down. If I were teaching, I would have been so tired. Like teaching actively and standing and gesturing and making sure people are listening and controlling students. Oof, God teach for two hours straight.
Some people have the grace for it, shot. <laughs> I know that I'll get there. I used to do it too. I used to be a teacher. But I had to stop because my health was getting poor. It was fading. So I started teaching from home. And now I'm here making recordings about the things that I read. And I know I'm getting stronger because I usually can't um speak for so long. But before I'm able to do it again, where I'm actively lecturing people and going for seminars and stuff, I will have to eat. Eat really well. Right now I eat healthy but I don't eat I don't eat plenty. <laughs> and I miss some meals sometimes. My I still haven't really regulated it. Soon I'll have my diet down to a tea and I'll get stronger, really strong. Then I'll be able to manage my teaching. For now, we gathering strength, baby. We gathering strength. Alas, this was because it dovetailed pretty well into the times. Tom Dispatch reposted Men Explain Things in August 2012. And more or less simultaneously, Representative Todd Akin made this infamous statement that we don't need abortion for women who are raped because it's if it's a legitimate rape, the female body has ways to try to shut the whole thing down. Yeah? To, to shut what's down? What, as in, to shut the pregnancy down? If it's a legitimate rape? Wow. Do you understand? Like, the inside of your body does not know... It's just it's just working like a machine. It's system. You are ovulating at that period. You are so unfortunate that those nasty sperms can swim all the way to your eggs, and then they don't die off, and then they penetrate. Boom! You are on your way. To, you are pregnant. You have your egg has been fertilized. It's going to start growing. I'm very confused at the thought. Who told him this? Did the woman tell him any woman tell him this? If the legitimate rape, the female body has ways to try to shut the whole thing down. Where? <laughs> My Jesus. <laughs> People just stand up and say the dumbest stuff. If it's a legitimate legitimate rape. It's just disregarded the stories, the sufferings of what is legitimate rape. Do you know that's a very problematic term? Do you know how many women feel guilty about being raped? They were raped too. And they're the ones feeling guilty. And you still have the girls to say legitimate rape. And the female body will have you shutting it down. So now I'm raped and I'm pregnant. And I'm thinking that my rape was not legitimate. And I'm thinking that my body is bad. For not shutting the pregnancy down. Wow. Look at assault on different fronts. And this was representative. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't have any emotion. I can just laugh. I'm just. It's a very ridiculous thing. I, don't divert these people. Before they. Like. Did they discuss this idea with somebody else? 
because at least somebody should have told him that nah man you shouldn't say that you have no friends people around you don't tell you the truth what is going on i'm shook right here (laughs) do you know this is one person in a position of power do you know the amount of ridiculous things that people think about the female body the ridiculous things that the beliefs that people have i don't care i do not care i mean i care how it affects us i do not care see (laughs) oh god (laughs) i do i only care because um not everybody can say they can handle it not everybody that's the only thing like all of us are not in the same place growth wise self-awareness self-awareness wise so you must always try to fight for a place that at least can keep your children safe can keep those people still growing safe no matter how old they are there's some people that are still very clueless at 25 they are just clueless there's nothing wrong with them they are still learning but their process is a bit slow so we still have to provide a society that protects people like that and handles things like that that's why people like this like the female body (laughs) lord have mercy have mercy and these people sit in the senate and make decisions ha legitimate rape legitimate (laughs) ladies and gentlemen there is a concept that is called legitimate rape illegitimate rape is the opposite what is illegitimate rape a rape it's a rape but it's illegitimate The the confidence though the confidence that she just called instead of just asking about ten different women about their experiences, just come and say say something. Okay. Um okay. Okay now she said telling us about um okay. The battle for women to be treated like human beings with rights to life, liberty, and pursuit of involvement in cultural and political arenas continues, and it is sometimes a pretty grim battle. I surprised myself when I wrote, I surprised myself when I wrote the article, the essay, which began with an amusing incident and ended with rape and murder. This book goes as the same theme too. It started very like you know, mansplaining. Mansplaining is not that serious. Like, just some annoying people around your life and you know their type things like that then she progressed on to rape and murder plenty statistics of how people are dying left and right she's a scary woman that made clear to me the continuum that stretches from minus minor social misery to violent silencing and violent death and i think we should understand misogyny and violence against women even better if we look at the abuse of power as a whole rather than treating domestic violence separately from rape and murder and harassment and intimidation 
online and at home and in the workplace and in the streets seen together the pattern is clear having the right to speak up and and having the right to show up and speak are basic to survival to dignity and to liberty i'm grateful that after an early life of being silenced sometimes violently i grew up to have a voice because circumstances that will always bind me to the rights of the voiceless uh, school um here in the united states where there's a where there's a reported rape every 6.2 minutes a reported rape every 6.2 minutes and one in five women will be raped in her lifetime the rape and gruesome mother of a young woman on a bus in new delhi in december 16 2012 was treated as an exceptional incident the story of the sexual assault of an unconscious teenager by members of the Stebenville High School football team in Ohio was still unfolding, and gang rapes aren't that unusual here either. Take your pick. Some of the 20 men who gang raped an 11-year-old in Cliff, Cleveland, Texas, were sentenced shortly beforehand, while the instigator of the gang rape of a 16-year-old in Richmond, California, was sentenced in that fall of 2012 too. And four men who gang raped a 15-year-old near New Orleans were sentenced that April. Though the six men, the six men who gang raped a 14-year-old in Chicago that year were still at large, not that I went out looking for incidents, they are everywhere in the news. Though no one adds them up and indicates that there might actually be a pattern. I'm running out of time. I have about two minutes left before my alarm cuts me off. There's, however, a pattern of violence against women that's broad and deep and horrific and incessantly overlooked. Occasionally, a case involving a celebrity or lurid details in a particular case get a lot of attention in the media, but such cases are treated as anomalies. And why the abundance of incidental news items about violence against women in this country, in other countries, on every continent, including Antarctica, constitutes a kind of background wallpaper for the news. <sighs> she kept giving us very violent details. Um, assaulted, this, that. So many things. But I'm going to have to stop here. <laughs> I can't go further. Uh, women are an eternal subject. Just let's end here. Let's end with dignity. Okay. Um.